0: Where's Crawford Lake, and why should you care? That story and more on H2O Radio's Weekly News Report. I'm Jamie Sudler.
1: I'm Franny Halprin, and it's This Week in Water.
0: Last week, the International Seabed Authority began a 10-day meeting in Kingston, Jamaica, to negotiate regulations around
1: deep-sea mining. The outcome could determine whether a Canadian enterprise known as the Metals Company will be allowed to mine the seabed for nodules containing copper, nickel, lithium, and other minerals used in smartphones, wind turbines, solar panels, and batteries.
0: But there's widespread concern that using heavy machinery to extract the rocks could irreparably harm marine ecosystems by churning up sediment and destroying habitat.
1: As the meeting got underway, the Canadian government announced that it supports a moratorium on commercial seabed mining. Canada joined several countries, as well as manufacturers such as BMW, Volvo, and Samsung, in calling for a halt. However, other nations, including China, Japan, Norway, and South Korea, wanted to go forward.
0: A new study was published last week that warns some fish species, including tuna, are changing their migration patterns because of climate change and are starting to move into areas of the Pacific Ocean between Hawaii and Mexico, where companies want to mine. Now seafood groups, too, are asking for a pause on the mining, which could disrupt ecosystems that took millions of years to form.
1: a small lake not far from Toronto, Canada, This shows how Earth's environment began a new epoch brought on by humans called the Anthropocene.
0: Scientists chose Crawford Lake because sediment deep at its bottom contains fallout from intense fossil fuel burning and plutonium
1: bomb tests. They say the mud at the bottom of Crawford Lake reflects the 70-year period in which human activity caused more changes to the environment than occurred in the previous 7,000 years, referred to as the Great Acceleration.
0: According to one of the researchers, the data already show a clear shift around the mid 20th century from the earlier holocene epoch that began about twelve thousand years ago as the last ice age ended
1: according to one scientist crawford lake has a remarkably preserved record of annual deposits core samples show layers that resemble tree rings containing fertilizers and microplastics in addition to plutonium
0: how humans have changed the earth was vividly demonstrated just last week with unprecedented conditions from extreme heat in the u s europe and china to flooding caused by heavy rainfall in Japan, India, and also the US. And now, according to new research, human-caused climate change is altering the color of the ocean.
1: Waters in the sea appear a certain color depending on what's in the upper layers. Generally, the ocean will look deep blue, reflecting little life, whereas a greener tinge indicates microscopic organisms like phytoplankton, which contain the green pigment chlorophyll that helps them harvest sunlight.
0: In a new study, researchers from MIT and the National Oceanography Center in the UK used NASA satellite data to find that in the last twenty years over half of the world's oceans are getting greener especially in tropical regions they say the impact of climate change on plankton is likely to blame
1: phytoplankton are the foundation of ocean ecosystems and any imbalances could send ripples through the entire marine food web phytoplankton also play a huge role in the ocean's ability to capture and store carbon dioxide
0: at this point the researchers can't determine the changes going on in marine ecosystems but believe that global warming will lead to a dominance by smaller types of plankton which could mean the ocean could store less carbon
1: and finally paper products have a lot of green cred for being recyclable renewable or biodegradable because they're made from cellulose the carbohydrates found in the cell walls of trees
0: but the paper and pulp industry is notorious for its environmental footprint for the amount of energy and water involved plus the amount of toxic pollutants released in part to separate cellulose from the woody part of a tree, it's lignin.
1: But what if you could make a tree with less lignin? That was the idea researchers at North Carolina State University had when they used the gene editing system called CRISPR to breed poplar trees, often used in the paper industry, that they say are more sustainable.
0: You probably have heard of CRISPR, which is described as a kind of molecular scissors where researchers can add, remove, or change regions of an organism's DNA it's being used in medicine and agriculture where it's helped to treat cancer or produce disease resistant rice
1: after identifying three important genes associated with a poplar trees' lignin production the researchers were able to modify specific DNA segments to reduce lignin levels by 35 percent when compared to wild trees
0: they say the low lignin trees could have numerous benefits such as slashing greenhouse gases associated with pulp production and reducing producing so-called black liquor, a toxic byproduct of the industry.
1: The next step would be to grow the CRISPR poplars outside to see if they're strong enough to withstand natural conditions like wind. Also, the trees would have to get the approval of regulators, which might be easier than other engineered plants since the trees did not take DNA from other species like some crops do. They only had their genes edited to produce what the researchers hope will be a more popular poplar.
0: That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.